Welcome to the brand new Women for His Honor podcast ministry. I'm your host, Shannon Torkelson. I'm a stay-at-home wife and mom of two children. Your other friendly ministry team members include email coordinator Rhoda Yoder, interview assistant Ruth Bennett, phone coordinator Mary Sue Moss, and social media coordinator Erica Webb. You can learn a little bit more about us and our ministry in the About section on our website. Just log on to www.womenforhishonor.com. Welcome, Jessica, to Women for His Honor podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Well, it is a delight to be here. Um, My husband and I live in Washington, D.C. We have been here, um, I think it's close to seven years now. And we live downtown D.C. If you've ever been here, we live about 10 minutes from the Capitol or the White House. We came down here originally with my job, and we worked together for five years every single day. And it was wonderful. We thoroughly enjoyed working together. We had a little um, dairy ice cream shop in one of the local markets. Okay. Jessica, when you were a little girl... What did you want to be when you grew up? This question is always so interesting to me to ask others because sometimes we become exactly what we always imagined we would be. And then other times, different decisions or different circumstances can lead us on a completely different path. My very first dream job was to be a jockey because I was obsessed with horses. (laughs) In in all seriousness, though, I always dreamt of being a mother. That That was definitely my dream ever since I was very little, basically, since I could remember. Aw. So what is your current occupation and maybe just a few hobbies you enjoy? Mm-hmm. So I nanny a lovely family, three children. I've been with them for almost three years now. And they live just right down the street. It's only, it only takes me about 10 minutes to get there. I could even walk if I wanted to. But um, I'm there three days a week, and my days are filled up of going to the park and the library and um, picking up the five-year-old from school, all of that. So I definitely have some mommy roles, but I am their nanny. It's a very interesting role just because I have all of the responsibilities, but I'm not officially their mother. So at the end of the day, usually I'm worn out and tired and I happily wave goodbye. (laughs) But then the (laughs) next morning, I am ready to see him again. Aww. On top of the nannying, is there anything else you enjoy doing? Yes, I'm also a part-time photographer. I photograph newborns and families, and most of my clients are all located here in the D.C. area. I get to snuggle amazing newborns, and I just, I meet so many wonderful, like, good families here. It's lots of fun. I have a huge passion for making mothers feel beautiful in photos. I think sometimes it's a real struggle right after you've had a baby to feel confident in front of the camera. And I am great at relaxing children. So I find it so fun to interact with them and make them laugh and just make it a really casual, comfortable experience. That's so sweet. This episode, we're choosing to focus on the subject of infertility. Infertility, it's such a difficult word. And it's something you're facing right now. Tell us a little more about your story. So my husband, Daniel, and I, we're going to be married um, just a couple days here. June 12th is our wedding anniversary, and we're going to be married eight years. And um, I think as a little girl, I, I always dreamt of being a mother. But I think growing up in our conservative Mennonite culture, 
it's um, it is extra stressed. Just you expect to grow up, to get married, and to have children. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't happen, I remember the first couple years of marriage that I just like now what? What do I do? Because it wasn't happening. And um, I think I think a lot of times we wrestle with God's plan, and that can be anything in life, really whatever that is, um, to give our hopes and dreams over to the Lord, even though it might be scary and hard, there's freedom in that. And infertility is for sure the one thing that I had to let go and just sort of hold with an open palm. Mm -hmm. Grief can be such an intense thing. How do you grieve this infertility, but decide to keep moving forward? How do you not let it consume your heart? and consume your life? Well, I mean, to be very frank, there are moments that it has been in the past. I think over the years, I have observed other women who are older than me. It is this thing that you have no control over, to be very honest. And I mean, we don't in a lot of areas in life. But when you don't have any control, I feel like our first reaction is just start to grasping and holding on to whatever we want to even harder. And when I feel those consuming thoughts coming in, there's, there's a few things that I do. And the very first thing and the thing that helps me the most is prayer. Um, when I just come before the Lord and sometimes it's angry and sometimes it's sad Sometimes I feel broken in my prayers, but um, prayer is for sure the strongest weapon that I use to combat it. And then just, I mean, for us women, I think communication is such a big thing. Um, And I try to be honest with my husband whenever I'm bad at just to let him know because I feel like he's the person closest to me. So he's going to be the one that I'm going to take it out on clean inside. And then the third thing is just, just get a friend, um, someone who you have confidence in that you can share your heart, even, you know, the broken parts of it, but also the ugly parts. And hopefully she's a strong woman of God and also not afraid to challenge you when there have been moments that I have, felt like it was consuming me. You know, I've had a husband who has challenged me and friends who have challenged me too in the past. I really appreciate how you suggested surrounding yourself with good friends, with a strong support system. That is so important and so many things we go through in life. Mm-hmm. So have you faced any surprises from people or friends that you never expected to go through because of this infertility? I think some of the most surprising um, moments, and this is when it's so important to prepare your heart when you know you're struggling in private, to ground yourself in the word and also get that close relationship with the Lord. Because, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I had, I was in the grocery store and met someone who I had been for a very long time. And before I knew, knew it, like she was telling me what to do and how to help and I was just so overwhelmed and those things happen occasionally, but I think if we prepare ourselves in the quiet private moment, it really helps us when a friend comes or maybe even not a close friend, just a stranger mm-hmm. with all of the wealth. They, they mean so well, but mm-hmm. um, I think if we're grounded, 
um, we'll have the words to say and we can get through that moment, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. You know, you first mentioned it's important to have to be surrounded by support and then to be in tune with God and know, and know yourself how you feel about something so that when someone approaches you, you know how to respond. Mm -hmm. That makes complete sense. Jessica, we all know that life isn't fair. It just never is, is it? But that doesn't mean it's right. it's easy. Do you ever feel alone in this journey? So that's an interesting question. And okay, so I'm just going to say that right now, like in our church community, there's not one person who um, fully understands or is fully in my experience at the moment. But I can say that I do not feel alone. I think we can choose to put ourselves on an island pretty much with anything if we want to. You know, I have very dear friends who are still waiting to get married. And there's all different things that we wrestle with in life, whether it's waiting for a job promotion or wondering where you're going to live and move. We have all these things that we deal with. But um, I have found kinship, like sweet, sweet friends. I think Anne Shirley would say kindred spirits. I have found some true kindred spirits, people that you would be suspect. There's a lady from church, you know, she's in her late 70s, and she is a dear friend. And then I have another really sweet friend from church. She's still single. She's much, much older than me. And she has encouraged me so, so many times over the years. And then also I have my really good friends who are mothers of one, two, or five, and they encourage me as well. So I think if we choose, I don't think we we should ever be alone. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate how you brought out how we can choose to go over here and say, well, nobody understands, so so I'm all alone. Try to put yourself in their shoes, and they try to put your, themselves in your shoes. And that's key often to good friendships. And you sound so content. How have you found that contentment, that obvious security? Because frankly, no matter who we are, we're all striving to find that. So every day is a new day. And some days I feel much more content than others. But I will say I wake up and I am so happy with my life. And I think contentment is the key. And it's just gratefulness when you look around you and you know, there was one day I was feeling sorry for myself. And then I, I asked myself, I was like, Jessica, are you loved? And I am incredibly loved. And I oh. have never faced hunger. I have never faced abuse in my life. And I think that is more than what most population in the entire world can say. So at the end of the day, like, I am so incredibly blessed. And when you count your blessings and focus on gratitude, it's life-changing. It really is in any situation. Mm -hmm, definitely. A saying that I heard recently that I really appreciated, it said, when you can find a hundred reasons to cry, there are also a thousand more reasons that you can find that you can smile about. And I can see that in your testimony that that's what you're trying to do here. Um, when we think of infertility, generally a married lady without children comes to mind, but there's various scenarios of infertility. Has this grief in your life opened your heart up to other women who might be experiencing secondary infertility or the grief of infertility as a single? Yeah, actually in a lot of different ways. So I have a twin sister. 
who waited six years for her biological child. And he is now three and a half. And they still have not been able to have another baby. So I feel like I'm very, very closely related to several different women um, that have secondary infertility. There's also another very close friend at church who has had one child and has not been able to have a second baby. And, you know, I think some people have told me, and even the mothers who already have one child, they're like, we know we already have one child, Jessica, so it's not as bad as you. And I actually just like to tell them that that wrestle and that fear of not having more is just as real as, you know, us ladies who struggle to even have one child. And I, I wow. think just knowing that, that the struggle is, it may look different, but it is just as real for a mother who is struggling with secondary infertility versus a woman who hasn't had any children yet. That's a really interesting perspective. I wouldn't even have thought about it like that, but it's so true. So do you have any practical tips to share with our listeners of how to fill those empty arms when they ache for a child? Um, so this might sound the very opposite than what you think. And I do want to preference it with, you know, there are times with infertility when you're struggling and your heart feels a little fragile and maybe you can't handle it. But I will say, just open your arms and your heart to the children around you. There's something about a child that they are so sweet and innocent. You can't be angry at them. Mm -hmm. And somehow, when they wriggle into your lap, they ask for your love. And there is just something about it that is um, is softening. I think when when we ladies who struggle with infertility, we have moments of becoming hard and tempted to become bitter. But when a child is in your arms, it's really hard to focus on those things. Um, I had a lady church, one of my dear friends, she had went out with her newborn baby. She was only a week or two old. And when she came back into the church service, I was sitting at the edge of the pew and she came by, she never said a word. She just plopped her newborn baby into my arms for the rest of the service and went and sat down next to her husband. And that moment is always gonna be in my mind because it was such a gift. Like she gave me the gift of just spending time with her child. And I think those moments where sometimes you don't even have to have words, just mm -hmm. um, a kind gesture volumes to me and I'm never going to forget that moment. That was so sweet of her and she probably didn't even know at the time how much it meant to you. So Jessica, uh, in your journey of infertility, did you find that any books or attending seminars or? Yeah, um, so it was about year two or three when um, I started realizing that, you know, we weren't getting pregnant and I was going to start to have to like really deal with it and be like, okay, what am I going to do with this and all these feelings? And I remember just Googling on the web, like trying to find men who were talking about it and who were dealing with it. And I found several, just a few, but these were women who had already come through it and had, you know, biological children years later. And I just felt like I couldn't find anyone who was going through it now, like mm -hmm. in the trenches, dealing with all of the emotions, because we talk about contentment, but um, I mean, very honest with you, content is very fickle, like we have to keep working on it, it just doesn't stay. 
And so I took the challenge. I started talking about infertility on my social media with some of my friends just to sort of start having an open dialogue. And it's been in the works for about two years now, but coming this October, I'm hosting a very small, intimate um, ladies event, and it's going to be specifically for women who struggle with infertility, because I feel like everyone needs heard, and they need um, that encouragement of knowing that other women are in the exact same place, and absolutely know how they feel. You know, I have so many caring friends who empathize with me, but it's the woman who looks me in the eye and says, I know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. It just speaks volume. And I wanted to offer that to other women. Right. So that you can, in your feelings of the the process of accepting is really hard that day. You know that you're not the only one and you, you don't have to feel too terribly about that. It's just part of the process. And Monday might look a little different than Friday. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's so true. I just wanted to let you know that we had a really rainy day here in Florida today. It was, it was just pouring. But as I look out this uh, room window right now, there is one huge, beautiful rainbow outside. And it is just the sun is out. And you'd never know that it was just storming not that long ago. And I feel like Jessica, this rainbow was put there just for you. Uh, Well, that's beautiful. And I think it just goes to show that, you know, whatever we're facing is his promises are true. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He never lets us down. Well, thanks for opening up to us today, Jessica. I personally feel so encouraged by your commitment to face this challenge in your life and allowing his light to continue to shine through in your everyday. Jessica included links in her bio on her webpage where you can follow her work via Instagram and on the web. Jessica has also given us permission to use a plethora of her photography for this ministry, too. So you'll see lots of glimpses of her work on the ministry webpage, womenforhishonor.com. Thank you so much for taking your time to chat with us today, Jessica. You're welcome. It was an honor. Thank you so much, Shannon. It was so much fun. Catch you all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye! Well, ladies, that concludes this week's podcast episode. How has this episode encouraged or challenged you or someone you know? We'd love to hear from you. Just remit your email to info at womenforhishonor.com with attention, ministry team, and a subject line. Today's guest would love to hear from you as well. Using the same email address, just type attention with our guest name in the subject line. Rhoda Yoder will then pass on your email to the guest, keeping your sent message completely confidential. Thank you for supporting our ministry by listening today. Next week, we will be offering a giveaway here on the website, so stay tuned. Bye for now.